name is Patrick McGillray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, master life coach, and weight loss coach for runners. I've learned that running more and eating less does not work for weight loss and that there's a better way. Now I help runners like you to get leaner and get stronger so you can run faster and run longer than you ever thought possible. This is Running Lean. Hey there, and welcome to episode 60 of Running Lean. My name is Patrick McGilvray, the weight loss coach for runners. And today I'm talking about beverages, getting our drink on. Runners love to get their drink on. And they are especially passionate about certain drinks like alcohol, coffee, and their magical sports drinks. So in this episode of the Running Lean podcast, I'm going to be covering a few of these beverages, the ones that seem to get the most attention, uh, namely alcohol, coffee, and water. And these seem to be the ones that are most talked about amongst runners, the ones with Uh, some misunderstandings, all right? So by the end of this episode, I want you to have a much better understanding of what's good and what's bad about these drinks and how they will absolutely affect your long distance running. So if you haven't already checked it out, come find us on Facebook. We've got this amazing Running Lean community on Facebook. And right now, we're kind of in the middle of our uh, February low carb challenge. It's a 28 day challenge to just ditch some of the problematic carbohydrates. You know, I'm, I'm kind of biased here. I talk a lot about uh, low carb uh, running, uh, a low carb uh, approach to endurance sports and, um, and weight loss. And, and it's a really great fit for a lot of people. It's not for everybody. I get that. But I, I want to expose more people to this. So I created this challenge in the Facebook group and a lot of people that have never done anything like this before are jumping in and trying it out. And some people are having some great results. They're feeling good. They're losing some weight, running, starting to get easier. And, um, and so that's why I, I do things like these challenges in the Facebook group. So we can have a place where we can kind of come together and try some of these things, uh, and get the support and the encouragement that we need from like-minded runners. And so we're all in this together, right? We are all doing this together. It's a challenge. It's called a challenge because it's hard. It's hard to get started with something like this. But if you want to jump in, you can still jump in and, and we can we can talk about that. And you can um, ask questions and get the support that you need. Just go to Facebook, search for Running Lean Community and join the group. And the other thing I wanted to mention quickly is that what I do here on this podcast and in my Facebook group is to help spread the message about uh, becoming healthy, as, as healthy as we can be as endurance athletes. You know, I think there's this misconception that just because you run a lot means you're super healthy. And that's really not the case, you know. And so my message here is that, uh, you know, I experienced uh, ill health. I got really overweight and sick and fat and I was really unhappy as an endurance athlete, as an ultra runner. And I had to make some changes in my diet and in my mindset. And, and that's what I teach here. And that's what I do in my coaching programs too. I help people make changes in their life. I help people, um, I, I guide people towards better health, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally. So if you're looking for something 
a little more than just what you get from this podcast or maybe in the Facebook group, then I'm here for you, okay? You working one-on-one with me, you can get the individual guidance and support that you need. You know, we can put together a metabolic profile for you. We can dial in your macros. We can help you become fat adapted. We can work on your mindset. And we can do this in a way that supports you and your long-term health and fitness goals. I'll be there for you. I'll be your guide. I'll be, I'll be there to encourage you. I'll be there to help you do things you, you don't want to do so you can become the person that you want to be. Just go to runningleanpodcast.com forward slash coaching and you can apply to work one-on-one with me. We'll jump on a call. We'll see if it's a good fit for each other. There's no cost. There's no obligation for this call. It's just a, a chance for you and I to talk and see if it's a good fit, okay? And if it's, if it's a good fit, great. If it's not, no big deal. Runningleanpodcast.com forward slash coaching to apply. And here's a recent five-star review of the Running Lean Podcast. I love reading these, by the way. And this was from T. Fabula. And she says, inspiration, knowledge, and a complete package. Patrick gives you a full-bodied approach that might be the inspiration you need from your mental approach to your physical goals. Pick a few and listen in. I promise you will learn something to improve your life. I love these kinds of reviews. Thank you, T. Fabula. And if you feel like sharing the love, I'd really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you get something out of it, it would mean so much to me if you could just take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, And I'll read it right here on the show. Cool? Awesome. All right, let's talk about these beverages, the good and the bad for long distance running. And the first one I want to talk about is water. So water is one of those things where we're like, well, yeah, obviously you have to drink water or you will die, right? But there's a little bit more to it, especially when we talk about endurance sports, okay? So I want to get into this a little bit here. The truth of the matter is most people just don't drink enough water, right? You know, they say, oh, you got to drink eight glasses of water a day, and that may not be right for everybody, but water plays a very huge role in our in our health, and it's often overlooked. Okay. So here's a little bit of background, which I think this is really fascinating. Every single cell in your body contains water. In fact, your cells contain around 60% of all the water that's in your body is in your cells. Okay. And then different parts of your body contain different uh, percentages of water. And this is the part that I found super fascinating. So your brain is anywhere from 80 to 85% water. Your muscles are somewhere between 70 and 75% water. Your skin is also 70 to 75% water. Your blood is half water, 50% water. Even your bones contain 20 to 25% water. This is crazy. Every part of your body contains water. Everything in your body needs water to operate efficiently. If you don't give your body enough water, you cannot function properly. We know this, right? But here's something maybe you didn't know. Water can actually help you with your weight loss and with your fat burning. There was a study done in the journal Obesity, and it found that drinking adequate amounts of water can actually trigger 
the release of stored body fat. So water will actually help pull your body fat out of fat cells. Um, another study found that water can actually increase your resting metabolic rate through a process called water-induced thermogenesis. And basically the way this works is that if you drink about 16 ounces of water within a few minutes, you can temporarily boost your metabolic rate by as much as 30%. And this increase in uh, your metabolic rate seems to last for about 30 or 40 minutes. And you can do this several times a day. So basically every time you drink about a pint of water, you're increasing your metabolic rate a little bit. So drinking water, which is completely calorie-free, actually causes you to burn calories. Fascinating, right? Well, let's talk about performance and drinking water because one thing we know is that dehydration is a problem and it's not good for endurance athletes, right? Dehydration can severely impact your performance. And here's something I want to talk about when it comes to drinking during endurance activities. So a lot of times we just focus on these like sports drinks, right? And a lot of sports drinks are just nothing but sugar, okay? So they have done these studies and they found that if you're consuming more carbohydrate than water during exercise, this can actually cause dehydration, Sugar in the blood, like high levels of sugar in the blood, will actually cause water to move out of cells in order to equalize the water-sugar balance, right? To, to equalize the concentration of sugar in your blood. So this can result in potentially dangerous dehydration. So it's kind of recommended that athletes during uh, endurance activities lasting anywhere from 45 minutes on, should con consume water, obviously, but nothing that's more than 8% carbohydrate. Okay, so just keep that in mind, okay? So a little bit, you know, maybe helpful, but a lot can be very, can actually be dangerous, right? So you gotta be careful with that. One caveat I wanna mention here about sports drinks, because sports drinks typically contain very high amounts of sugar, and Liquid sugar, the liquid form of carbohydrate, is probably the worst thing you can put in your body. Most sports drinks are not much different than like Mountain Dew, right? They're just full of sugar. And the reason why they're so bad for you, any kind of soft drink or super sugary drink, is that your body does not recognize the calories that are coming in. Like if you drink a big monster energy drink with whatever it is, uh, I don't even know how much sugar they put in those things, but I saw a comparison and there was something like 27 teaspoons of sugar in one monster. That's a lot of sugar, right? You could not eat that much sugar, even in you know crystallized form. Like you couldn't eat a bowl of just like sugar granules like that, but you can drink it very, very easily. This is very dangerous. This is why so many people uh, become severely uh, overweight and obese by drinking their uh, sugar 
because your body doesn't recognize the calories coming in. You can consume massive amounts of carbohydrates. All that stuff gets just stored as fat and it's a, it's a vicious cycle. So you gotta be careful with the liquid sugar, all right? This raises your blood sugar like crazy when you drink this stuff. Insulin goes up like crazy. You're just like in fat storage mode all the time drinking this stuff. So you got to be careful. And I'm not saying you can never have sports drink or whatever. Like you got to be careful with it though. If you're somebody who's overweight or you're having a hard time losing weight, you may want to like reconsider these things, you know, or dilute them heavily or just ditch them all together in favor of something else. And I'll talk about an alternative in just a moment. Okay, so that's kind of the whole like sports strength thing. Uh, we do need to drink water during exercise, right? It's obviously important. We don't want to get dehydrated. One other kind of side of this is uh, drinking too much water. Like there's actually a thing where you can drink too much water. And um, this came to light, you know, a few decades ago and uh, endurance athletes were starting to suffer from something called hyponatremia, which is basically you don't have enough sodium in your blood. And this is mainly due to over drinking water, just plain water without any electrolytes in it. When you over drink water, you dilute your blood of sodium. And um, if you are drinking way too much water during an endurance event and you're sweating like crazy and you're just consuming tons of water and not replacing the electrolytes, you can risk um, getting dangerously low levels of sodium and that's called hyponatremia. If you start getting headache or feeling nauseous, you're, you're feeling confused or heavy fatigue and, and not just the fatigue from like running a marathon, but you know, like really run down. This is a sign that electrolytes are out of balance and you need to fix this right away. Okay, so make sure you're getting electrolytes. And this is kind of the key here to uh, water consumption during uh, sports activities is making sure you're getting the right electrolytes. So we evolved as humans by drinking you know, water that was naturally occurring from springs and things like that. And there was heavily heavy mineral content and salt content and, and they were fine, like, and it was great. Today though, all our water is like super treated, filtered. Um, <laughs> my water coming out of my tap sometimes just, it tastes like chlorine. It's gotta, I've gotta like figure something out with this because it is, it does not seem like it's all that healthy. So I'm, I'm working on that. I prefer uh, mineral water. Um, and uh, if you can get some good mineral water, that's probably better. But if you're, get your water tested. I might have my water tested and see what's going on in there. But most, you know, municipal water is probably not <laughs> super awesome. And hey, listen, if you work for the Cincinnati, you know, Waterworks, um, no, um, you know, no uh, hatred for you or anything like that. But I, I don't know why my water tastes like chlorine. Anyway. That is a little sidebar, but uh, get gets good water. You know, make sure you're drinking good water. And and the other thing is like we got to make sure we're replacing the electrolytes, especially during exercise. Right, you have to replace the electrolytes. Right, we're talking mostly about uh, sodium, magnesium, and potassium. And when you're participating in some sort of uh, long distance running and you're sweating, even if you don't feel like you're sweating a whole lot, you could still be losing 
a lot of these uh, necessary electrolytes, all right? So a couple of the products that I really love uh, and talk a lot about, the first one is LMNT by Elemental Labs. Like I don't get paid to like talk about this, but it's just a good product and I use it and I recommend it to people. And basically it's just those three uh, uh, electrolytes, sodium, magnesium, and potassium with a little bit of stevia and some flavoring. So there's no sugar in there at all. Um, Noon, N-U-U-N, makes a product that's similar, but you just got to make sure you get the ones that don't have sugar added to it. I don't know if Noon has some that contain sugar or not, but I know LMNT does not. So just be careful of, of the sugar content in this stuff. But these powders or tabs, the Noon or tabs, LMNT is powder, you just add them to, to your water and take it on your run and you're good to go. You know, you need to like kind of dial in what's going to work best for you. But especially if you're like a, um, a low carb athlete, which is like something we talk about a lot here, right? Since our insulin levels are lower, um, your kidneys may be excreting more salt and potassium and magnesium. So you want to make sure that you are replacing that. Now, of course, you can eat more foods that contain these micronutrients like avocados, almonds, dark leafy greens, stuff like that. But it's a good idea to just go ahead and supplement with something like LMNT, especially during those long-distance activities where you're going to be um, uh, uh, depleting your body of some of these key electrolytes, right? So the other thing people ask is like, well, how much water should we be drinking, Patrick? And, and the whole eight glasses a day, is this the right uh, amount for everybody just in general? Um, and honestly, yeah, Here's, here's a good way you can kind of figure out how much water you should be drinking. Just take your body weight, divide it in half, and that's how many ounces you should try to drink each day. That's pretty close. Like for me, I weigh 165 pounds. If I divide that by two, that's 82.5 ounces of water per day or around five pints or 16 ounces in a pint. So I have this pint glass, which I got for finishing my 100-miler. It's got the Hallucination 100 logo on it. It's cool. So that's what you get when you run 100 miles. You get a <laughs> pint glass. Oh, I got a belt buckle too, which is amazing. But anyway, so I have this pint glass, and I just try to fill it up uh, and drink it down like five times a day, and I'm good to go. Um, another good idea is just to carry a water bottle around with you and just you know keep it full and just you know drink around – uh, your weight divided by two, that's how many ounces you should be drinking per day, right? That's a, that's a pretty good estimate because the eight glasses a day doesn't really work for everybody. How, how big is the glass, you know? Um, and, and depends on your, um, your, uh, body weight and as well, like you could be six foot six, you're going to need to drink more water than somebody who's five foot two. You know what I mean? So that's a good way to just kind of figure that out. And what about during exercise? How much water should we be drinking during exercise? Well, it's recommended to drink some water, like maybe 14 to 22 ounces around two hours before exercise. Make sure you're hydrated going into your endurance activity. And then somewhere between six and 12 ounces every 15 to 20 minutes during. Now, obviously, this is going to vary depending on your body composition how much you sweat, the environment. Is it hot? Is it humid? Is it dry? Is it super cold? How intensely are you running? 
Um, what's your nutritional status? Like all these things matter. So you need to experiment during your training. Don't experiment on race day, right? Experiment during your training and see what works best for you. And then you can just include some of these uh, electrolytes in the water and, um, and you're good to go. Uh, another good thing to do with water is to start your day with water. So we tend to kind of dehydrate ourselves while we're sleeping. Unless you're one of those people that gets up in the middle of the night to drink water. Some people do. It's fine. But first thing you do when you get up in the morning, it's a good idea to just drink a big glass of water. So I do this every single day. First thing I do when I wake up, I um, get up and I mix in a, a little bit of sea salt, like maybe half a teaspoon of sea salt and a little bit of apple cider vinegar in a big 16 ounce glass of water. And I just chug it down. I do this while I'm making my coffee. And it's a great way to rehydrate and start my day. Um, you know, you're, you're rehydrating your muscles, your organs, your brain, everything. And so that's, that's a good way to start your day. Okay. So that's my, my take on water. It's important. We have to have it. We probably don't get enough. And, um, the electrolytes are kind of the key, especially for, uh, us long distance runners. So the next, uh, beverage I want to talk about, and this is the one where I'm probably going to get some, some people that like <laughs> are not happy about this, but I want to talk about alcohol. And, um, I thought about doing a whole podcast just about alcohol. And I thought this is going to be too much of a downer. <laughs> people aren't going to like this. So I'm, I'm squeezing it in the middle here. Um, but here's the thing that the, the chemical compound in alcohol that makes it what it is, is called ethanol. So this is the primary compound that makes alcohol, you know, alcohol. Ethanol is also used as fuel for cars. All right. Because it is highly volatile. The molecule ethanol, we're just talking about at a molecular level here. Ethanol is a toxic compound. Obviously, the dosage matters, though, right? This toxic compound affects everybody negatively to some degree, right? Some people can handle it fine. But other people cannot. It has, a, it has a problem. They have a big problem with it. Um, I, I want to make sure that you understand that I'm really just talking about the science behind alcohol here and not really, uh, this is not a moral thing or anything like that. And I'll talk a little bit more about my experience with alcohol in a minute and drinking in general, but just know that this isn't, this isn't a moral discussion and this is not about, you know, um, whether or not, uh, you should drink, like you get to decide for yourself, but I want you to have this information. And this is especially as it relates to long distance running. Okay. So, you know, some people can handle alcohol and some people can't, um, but just know that it is a toxic compound and it has a, um, uh, a negative effect on us to some degree. And here are some of the things that, that I'll, that I'll mention some of the negative effects of alcohol. So alcohol is kind of, it's kind of turned into fat, right? When you drink alcohol, the byproducts of that, of metabolizing that alcohol uh, are converted to fatty acids, which are stored in the liver and stored in your bloodstream. Um, this is not good. This could put you at higher risk for heart disease, but this alcohol that gets turned into sugar, it like spikes your blood sugar, it spikes your insulin, it puts your body into that fast storage mode. We know that when insulin's high, you're in fat storage mode. 
So it's basically like drinking sugar in a way, right? It's basically like drinking carbohydrates, um, but it's it has it's much more potent. In fact, the um, you know al- alcohol is fermented carbohydrates, right? So you you the way you make alcohol is you take some carbohydrates like grapes or grains and you ferment it. The crazy thing is, is though during that process of fermentation, you basically intensify the caloric intake of those carbohydrates by 175%. So alcohol delivers 175% more calories than the pre-fermented source of carbohydrates. So that's something interesting. Alcohol is also an anti-nutrient. So since alcohol is void of any nutrients, vitamins or minerals, it ends up robbing your body of of micronutrients so it can assimilate and metabolize the alcohol, right? So this depletes your body of essential nutrients that you need to maintain good health. So alcohol sort of pulls these things out of your body, right? Alcohol seems to diminish your body's ability to absorb other nutrients as well. Um, And I think of it like this, like why are we gonna spend all our time eating healthy and, and having this super healthy diet and then drinking alcohol just to pull that a lot of these nutrients out of us, right? It, it kind of undermines the effort that we're doing. We're trying to eat healthy. Okay. So, um, this fact that we're pulling nutrients out of our body as well will make us more prone to premature fatigue during our next exercise session too. Okay. So, this is one of the negative uh, effects that alcohol has on uh, running performance. So some studies have shown that aerobic performance was diminished, especially the day after alcohol was consumed. <clears throat> so a study in the journal Nutrients showed that drinking alcohol could reduce uh, muscle strength. Another study showed that alcohol negatively impacts protein synthesis, meaning that you know, if you're trying to build muscle, it could thwart your progress. Um, drinking alcohol actually impedes recovery as well, especially if you drink too soon after a workout. Um, it increases dehydration, it interferes with glycogen replenishing, and it inhibits the repair of muscle tissue by suppressing your p- production of HGH, human growth hormone, and testosterone. The toxic impact of a single drink depresses the endocrine system pretty dramatically. So if you drink right after uh, an intense training uh, uh, exercise, the recovery from that training is basically canceled until your body metabolizes the alcohol and gets back to homeostasis. So when I see people run and they go out there and they do this this awesome workout and then they drink a couple of beers right afterwards you know a little party in the parking lot after the after the morning run um you're kind of undoing all the the good uh work from that workout okay so again no judgment here I just want you to know that alcohol can negatively affect your running and we just have to be mindful of this okay now I am not trying to be a Debbie Downer about alcohol here. I'm not anti-alcohol. 
I think it's fine. If you can handle it, do it. It's fine. Just be careful and just know that like you can do too much and it can be a problem. Now, I have to say this. I have not had alcohol in like 14 years. I've been sober for 14 years. I don't drink anymore, but I used to. I used to drink a lot. I know how alcohol works. I know the effect that it can have on the human body. I understand how good it makes you feel. You know, it affects our brain, right? It releases dopamine. We get this buzz going. It helps us to relieve stress. It relaxes the central nervous system. And some people can tolerate it without any problems at all. Just know that some people cannot. And if you're one of those people that cannot tolerate it that well, even a little bit of alcohol can be a problem for some people, then I just want you to to have this information and know that there are uh, alternatives. You know, you don't have to drink alcohol. Um, and sometimes I ask my clients, you know, if they, um, when we, when we start out working and we're going to change their diet and get on a nutrition plan. And I say, Hey, would you be willing to give up alcohol for like 30 days maybe? And sometimes they get a little freaked out, but then sometimes they do it and they just find it's no big deal. They just don't need it anymore. They don't miss it. If you find it hard to give up alcohol, you can always reach out to me. I can absolutely help you with that. The bottom line here, this is what I want you to know about this, that if you can tolerate it in small amounts without any issues, totally awesome. Do your thing. But if you're having if, if you're having a hard time losing weight, if your endurance is inhibited, if you're not recovering well, if you're not as strong as you'd like to be, these all might be signs that you could use a break from alcohol and see what happens. All right. So again, don't send me hate mail. <laughs> I'm not anti-alcohol, but I think we need to be careful with alcohol. Uh, especially for long distance running. Okay, and then the last beverage I'm gonna talk about here, now we're, we're gonna switch gears, we're gonna get on a happy note. We're gonna talk about coffee, okay? Coffee is nature's perfect drink. <laughs> it's nature's perfect beverage, if you ask me. We all know that coffee gives us energy. Everybody understands this, right? But there's a lot of other benefits, uh, especially for endurance athletes. So. One of the things I love about coffee is that it actually improves focus and concentration. And I know that you guys know what I'm talking about here. I absolutely love my morning coffee. That's when I get the most creative work done. That's when I feel the most alert, the most on point. You know, I can, I can do my work and I just, I can concentrate really well. And, um, and, and it's really, really good for that focus and concentration. In fact, U.S. Special Forces use coffee and caffeine especially to enhance their performance and awareness. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Coffee actually helps you to burn more fat too, uh, which is just a bonus. I love this. So coffee aids in fat burning and therefore helps you to lose weight. They did this study in the journal Nutrition and they found that light to moderate coffee drinkers, so people who drank like maybe one to four cups of coffee per day, had the lowest amount of visceral fat. That's the fat that's like around our organs, inside us, right? Not the fat that we see on the outside, you know, under our skin, that's subcutaneous fat. We're talking about visceral fat. This is the really, this is the bad kind of fat, right? So people who drank uh, one four cups coffee per day had the lowest amount of visceral fat compared to non-coffee drinkers or compared to heavy coffee drinkers. Like you don't want to go 
too far to that other end. You know, you don't want to be drinking, you know, eight to 11 cups of coffee a day, like one to three, one to four seems to be kind of the sweet spot. Another study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition showed that coffee can actually increase your metabolic rate anywhere from three to 11%. And, uh, most of this increase they've directly linked to fat burning. So the way this works is that when you drink coffee, you release this certain type of stress hormone. It's, these hormones are called uh, catecholamines, and they're like epinephrine, norepinephrine, or what used to be called adrenaline. So catecholamines help to release stored body fat so it can be used for fuel. So... Um, in my opinion, if you want to become a fat-adapted athlete, then drinking coffee will really help this process, right? It'll help to release the stored body fat that's locked up in your fat cells and unlay, allow you to uh, use that for fuel, which is exactly what we're talking about when we want to become fat-adapted. Um, and there's this other study, and this is kind of early research, but they did this study where Drinking coffee before exercise actually um, increased the release of stored body fat by as much as 30%, like a 30% increase in the amount of stored body fat that could be used for fuel. Um, that's pretty awesome, right? So this is all good news, especially if you want to become a fat-adapted runner, right? Drinking coffee seems to promote fat burning, and it should speed up your fat adaptation period, right? So that's all really good. Another thing that coffee helps with is reducing inflammation. Uh, researchers at Harvard Medical School have shown that people who regularly drink coffee have lower levels of the inflammatory biomarkers, um, which is amazing because like inflammation is not good, right? And the scientists at Stanford actually recently shown that coffee helps to defend the body against a certain type of inflammation, which is age-related inflammation. They found that people who drank a few cups of coffee actually lived longer and were generally more healthy than non-coffee drinkers. And the caffeine in coffee helps to suppress the genes that are related to inflammation. So inflammation is a big problem if you're an endurance athlete, right? The act of running, just going out and running long distances will cause inflammation. And this is normal. This is, you know, your body trying to repair from a hard workout, right? You get a little bit inflamed. But that's fine if you can recover and then you're not inflamed all the time. Chronic inflammation is a problem. This comes from doing too many hard workouts, not enough recovery time in between, you're not getting enough sleep, uh, maybe your performance starts to decline, uh, your immune system becomes compromised, this could lead to burnout, even injury, so inflammation is not good. It can lead to a lot of problems. So anything that can help to reduce inflammation, I would say is good. Now obviously you don't wanna overtrain, your nutrition has to be spot on, you gotta get enough rest uh, between workouts. Um, you gotta manage your stress, but coffee can definitely help reduce inflammation. I love this. Uh, coffee has also been proven to improve endurance performance. Many, many studies have been done here on this. Like you cannot 
go on the internet without finding a, a study on the efficacy of caffeine and sports performance. Um, one particular study showed that endurance runners who drank coffee were able to run 1.3 to 2 miles longer than the placebo group. That's awesome. And then in a study on cyclists, caffeine was shown to be more effective than even carbohydrates for improving their energy and performance. And then they did this 1,500-meter uh, uh, run, this time trial run, and they had two groups of people. One group drank coffee, the other drank decaf, so they didn't know which they were drinking, if it had caffeine or not. And the coffee drinkers were on average 4.2 seconds faster than those drinking decaf. That's cool. Um, and something interesting is that coffee helps to reduce your RPE, your rate of perceived exertion. So your rate of perceived exertion is a scale from like one to 10, you know, one being no exertion at all, 10 being as, as hard as you can go. And, um, so coffee actually helps to reduce your rate of perceived exertion, which means you can work harder, you can run a little harder, a little faster without feeling like you're working harder, which is amazing. So you can actually run faster, but not feel like you're running faster. Who doesn't want that? Um, coffee also helps to spare muscle glycogen from being burnt. So... Coffee promotes the mobilization of fat from fat stores to be used for energy, right? So you're not tapping into your muscle glycogen as much for energy. So you'll be able to carry more muscle glycogen so you can have more muscle glycogen available for longer periods of time, which is an amazing bonus for endurance athletes. Because if you can stave off using your stored muscle glycogen for fuel, you'd be able to run longer and harder without bonking and, and, and coffee just helps to, um, enhance this whole process, you know, so you can burn more fat more efficiently and it spares you from, you, you know, tapping into the muscle glycogen, which is really cool. But what about if you hate coffee? What if you're just like, Patrick, I'm not a coffee drinker. I hate that stuff. I honestly, I don't understand what you're talking about. I cannot relate. <laughs> I love coffee. I love, love, love my coffee. And it's important to get good coffee. You got to get good quality coffee. I buy single origin beans um, from Central America, and I'm just in love with my coffee. I love it, love it, love it. But if you cannot stand coffee, I get it. I get it. You know, there's just some things that you don't, you just can't get your arms around. There are other options like green tea, black tea, both seem to have similar benefits, right? Some of it is the caffeine, but some of it has to do with, uh, Things like uh, catechins, which are antioxidants in green tea that help promote fat loss as well, very similar to coffee. But the bottom line around, around this one is that um, coffee is a great uh, aid in fat loss, uh, fat burning, weight loss. It's a great aid in endurance and, and um, long distance running. It's also a great aid for um, faster running, you know, if you want to run a, a faster race. So that is my take on beverages, you know, the good and the bad. We got to drink water, alcohol, yeah, take it or leave it. Just make sure you're not overdoing it there. Uh, coffee, good, definitely good. Um, but all these things can be 
problematic in in too much. You know, too much water can be a problem. You know, too much alcohol is a problem. Too much coffee is a problem. We want to be mindful of these things. Okay, we can use these things to to help us. We can use these things to help our sports performance and help our um, mental state and help our um, weight loss. But we just got to be mindful. Okay. I hope you all have an amazing day. Really, really do. And um, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and if you got something out of it, I would love it if you could share it with a friend. As always, lots of love. Keep on running lean. And I'll talk to you soon. If you've tried to lose weight by running miles and miles or starving yourself and you've had zero results, you are not alone. This model of weight loss is broken. It's never worked and it has to be replaced. That's why I created a powerful new training just for you called How to Become a Lean Running Machine. You'll discover why running more and eating less does not work for weight loss. And you'll learn the three secrets to losing weight and keeping it off for good. To get this free training right now, just go to runningleanpodcast.com slash lean and learn how you can become a lean running machine.